1: It is also a compass that people use to find themselves on the map of human geography. History tells a people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. Most important, history tells a people where they still must go and what they still must be. The relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. I am your host, Montoya
0: Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show as we return, as we are the return of Intelligent Radio, as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions Americans are afraid to ask in the mainstream media Good morning to all the intellectual outcasts out there listening this morning. Hope y'all are tuned in and ready to go. We have this incredibly um, important show to do. I also have a new guest on, Dr. Free, if you will, Queen. Thank you for being with me this morning. If you will, say hello to the intellectual outcasts. And if you will, give a little bit of your background before we let the cat out the
2: bag on this morning's discussion question. All right. Um Montoya, thank you for having me um, this morning. Good morning to all of your listeners. It is indeed a privilege and an honor to be able to share with you anytime we get an opportunity to share authentically with what is on our hearts and our minds in a, for the intention and purpose of encouraging, inspiring, and informing. It, it's, a, it's a good day. It's a good day because we know those things that we have come to know don't come to us easily. But many times, because of who we are, um, they come to us through uh, struggle and through um, perseverance. So it's good to be able to share, as they say, standing on the other side of the river, (laughs) so to speak. Uh, But I am an author and metaphysical spiritual teacher and an authenticity life coach and Anybody wants to reach out to me or kind of find out a little bit more about what I'm doing, I'm really excited about a new children's book that I've um, completed. It's called The Leader in Me, um, but I also have it's one of a series of five books. But you can check that out if you go to TikTok. I'm at Dr. Free D R F R E E seven seven seven, and you can also find that information on a Link Tree uh backslash doctor free seven six. So it's like W W W L I N K T R dot E E backslash doc free seven six. And if you're really into things spiritual, the metaphysical, um, you can check me out on YouTube on authentic thought with Doctor Free.
0: No, I love it. Glad you gave up. All of your information Um, you are definitely someone um, that that I would recommend the listeners find and seek out Um, definitely excited to hear about your children's book I want to do some work with you in the future with that and bring that to our audience specifically here in the Atlanta area if you will and get it out to the audience that listens um, nationwide as well and shout out to my uh, Brazil listeners they've moved into second place in my my international listeners Um, they've passed Um, Great Britain and Canada So Great Britain and Canada Y'all need to spread the word more Because Brazil didn't pass y'all Listening to (laughs) The the mental dialogue talk show Ah. Yep, absolutely Without further ado though Let's get to what we do Which is um, If you are a first time listener Again, my name is Montoya Smith I go by Black Socrates We take the Socratic method In diving into these hard conversations On race, sex, and culture And this morning's discussion question African Americans were once bred like animals. African Americans were once bred like animals. What does that mean today? That's a deep question. A lot of things going on out here in the public school system with critical race theory being, as I always say, misnumbered and misused to innocence, whitewash history in my opinion, if you will. Um, And so this is a Discussion, uh, even in spite of, if you will, critical race theory, even before it became to the forefront of the political issues of what type of history are we teaching in our schools. Today's discussion question has really never been dealt with prior to this becoming an issue. So this is, in my opinion, even deeper, um, but in my opinion, even more important that we come to understand uh, that that period and if it even means anything to us today. So if you will, Dr. Free, I have a specific way we always like to start the show. And so um, I'll challenge you, it's pretty simple. i am putting you on the spot, but it's super simple. So when I called you and you actually heard the question worded this particular way, African-Americans were once bred like animals, what does that mean today? Can you recall, if you can, your first initial thought? before you get into the second and third thought and the things you've thought about since <laughs> I asked you, can you recall when you first understood and heard the question worded that particular way? can you recall your initial thought?
2: yes in our interactions when you posed the question to me, right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, just that initial thought yeah, like yeah,
0: what yeah. Popped, yeah, I'm trying to ask you to kind of recall that first initial what popped in your head when you understood
2: the question and heard it that yeah way. i Initially, when um, you posed that question to me, I thought I thought about how we as people today tend to use certain uh, words and phraseology that we are not even aware that is connected to such a horrendous and uh, painful time in our lives. Um, when I remember what you said, I said, well, yeah, that reminds me of how people use the word book and talk about uh, and. You know, when when a young brother is like full of energy or rambunctious so to speak or excited about life or just beast on the dance floor or something like that, people are like, Oh, that's 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 a young buck right there. Come a young mm-hmm. buck and I'm like, Yeah, but do you realize what you're saying? You know, and how that is connected to to that time of slavery, you know, for when men were used to breed and to um, they called them bucks at that time and I don't think that we as a people today would use that word so freely if we understood the origin or the meaning that surrounded that word in history.
0: Now, that's a great point. You, like you said, um, there are remnants with us, even if we're unaware.
2: And I would agree
0: that mm-hmm. we are, you know, I would agree that we typically are unaware. Um, I, I mm-hmm. term myself years ago in the past, um, maybe not as much frequently but definitely grow grew up hearing it or say that's a young buck like you said um that type of thing mm-hmm. or even in you know even in mentoring you know whether it be you know a senior on the football team and mentoring a freshman or in you know what i'm saying come in a young buck like that kind of stuff if you will right right and so um um like you said unaware that is specifically attached to a time but the funny thing is as soon as you say it and I'm pretty sure this is happening for anyone out there that may be listening. Um, you can immediately almost, if you will make it make sense. If that you understand what I'm saying, like, like mm. even if I was mm-hmm. unaware, the moment I hear it, right. I can yeah. connect the dot and go down without ever thinking about it. I know it's connected to that time without almost knowing if that makes sense. Like, like that's, it's like you, just you making bringing, bringing that point to, to, to task, if you will, it goes from subconscious to conscious. Just the mentioning of okay. it kind of proves how it's with us. Um, if you will, I actually got uh, Brother Unk who's trying to get him on this morning. He's on with us this morning, so I'm going to get him on very briefly, and we're going to get to this first initial break. Uh, Brother Unk, thank you for being with us. You've been with us before many a times, if you will, Brother Unk. Um, if you will, just give a short background. So we can jump to this commercial and get right into this morning's discussion question. African-Americans were once bred like animals. What does that mean today? Thank you, Brother Unk, for being with us.
1: Uh, good morning, Martoya. Um, I appreciate uh, you inviting me in. Sorry for, for lagging behind a little bit. Um, yeah, so sort the of discussion, man, I actually did a lecture on the whole discussion before, and it was quite uh, eye-opening. So, yeah, you know I represent the Amaral Squad, the pseudo-killers, and the community of skeptics, man. We're just skeptical of all information
0: Now I love it So yeah we're going to shoot to this first break And Brother Unkins really um, I don't know if you even know this But I've always wanted to do the show once I saw that lecture I was you know, fortunate enough to see you I don't know if you've done it more than once But I saw it when you did it out at Black Dot Cultural Center <laughs> Shout out Black Dot out there Um, And so I saw you do it And I was like wow I learned so much from that I was like more people need to know this So glad to have you on this morning All right, y'all we're going to shoot to our first break And we'll be right back You're listening to the Venture Dialogue Talk Show Where all I ask is that you think What happens when your customers call your business And you're too busy to answer Or call them back in a timely manner You lose that business Shockingly 61% of inbound calls go unanswered But fear not TCHmedia.ai is here to change the game. We specialize in capturing, nurturing, and converting your prospects into loyal customers. With our state-of-the-art communication solutions, no interaction will be left behind. When you miss a call, we've got you covered with automatic, engaging texts that keep your prospects connected and eager to choose you over your competitors. Don't let potential customers slip away. Make the smart choice with tchmedia.ai and skyrocket your conversions today. Tchmedia.ai is here to change the game. Change the game. Change the
3: game. We all know the story of slavery. The transatlantic slave trade, the forced labor, the inhumane treatment of men women and children and the eventual abolition of the slave trade. But what many of us don't know is that the abolition of the slave trade in the early 19th century led to the creation of a new and even more sinister aspect of slavery sex farms and slave breeding farms. The goal of these farms was simple to produce more slaves. Slave owners realized that they could no longer import slaves from Africa so they turned to breeding them like animals. They would carefully select which slaves would mate with each other based on their physical attributes, health, and even intelligence, in the hopes of producing the strongest and most profitable offspring. Slave breeding farms were located throughout the southern United States, with some estimates suggesting that there were as many as 70 in operation at the height of their popularity. These farms were often run by wealthy plantation owners, who saw slave breeding as a lucrative business opportunity. But the horrors of slave breeding farms did not stop there. In some cases, plantation owners would set up sex farms, where slaves, often young girls, were forced to engage in sexual activity with other slaves or with the plantation owners themselves. The offspring of these forced sexual encounters were also seen as profitable commodities and were often sold off at auctions to the highest bidder. The true extent of these practices is difficult to quantify, as records were often destroyed or deliberately hidden. But it is estimated that thousands of slaves were forced to participate in these breeding programs, resulting in countless atrocities and human rights violations.
0: Welcome back to the Myth Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question. African Americans were once bred like animals. What does that mean today? My special guest, Brother Unc from Amoas Squad, as well as lifelong educated Dr. Freak. If you will, Brother Unk, um I'll let you jump in on that cut. a just a brief history. Again, you, um, as mentioned before the break, you've done a lecture on this, so um, any details you might want to add just for people maybe – hearing of this for the first time i was mentioning this before before you came on it's the idea of you know history is kind of in the forefront of the news with um different changes that they're wanting to make in history and specifically you're hearing stuff in florida um but this is obviously a dialogue that's going to take place across the country but i was highlighting to dr free that this subject right here even before history came back into the forefront for what we will teach or not teach in public schools, this subject matter here, I never have heard even before this change is being pushed. This has been kind of left out of the history books uh, for a long time, and again, your lecture was eye-opening when I heard it for the first time, brother, but anything that you want to add or say um, in addition to that cut we just played?
1: Uh yeah, that was a, a pretty good cut right there. So I like to always give people literature to read on the subject so we're not just you know, just talking. We can actually go read up on it for ourselves. So uh, a, one good text to get is the American Slave Coast. All right, that's a great um text and it says The History of Slave Breeding Industry. Uh, that's a good that's a great book for you to go ahead and start with and it'll kinda of familiarize you. In detail on what uh, actually uh, what happened so most times we we understand the prohibition against slavery but that prohibition uh, actually uh, cut off supposedly slavers from going to Africa and bringing slaves to America but what it didn't it didn't have precedence over what they was doing in America so for years uh, uh, the Americans understood that this prohibition was actually coming and so what they did was they set up uh, breeding farms. And we, we don't actually look at that and understand that. So if you know anything about domestication, uh, Europeans were great breeders of animals. They, they, they bred uh, dogs. They bred horses. So they understood how they could actually do this. It's called um selection, right, and domestication. So if you know anything about Charles Darwin, most people don't. But you should take a look into this, right? He talked about the mechanism in evolution, which is called natural selection. So nature can actually select favorable traits that will allow an organism to survive in this environment. So nature does it naturally, but human beings do it. So human beings could actually select favorable traits. That's why they were able to do that with dogs. But they can do the same thing with humans. Most people don't talk about that. If you go back to maybe, I think, the 70s, Montreal, you, you'll recognize a person called... Uh, Jimmy the Greek, remember him? And he oh, was yeah. a sports uh, uh, athlete. Remember that whole thing on oh, yeah, ESPN? Yeah. yeah. That's the you know y'all should start right there. He talked about how uh, why African Americans were better athletes, and he slipped up and said they was great, Slipped up and said it, and the man never worked again. Remember, he was the one that started the, the, uh, the he was the bookie. He was actually a bookie, yep. and he started that like that online gambling type of thing. He was the first person to actually do that live and give all the stages but he was basically saying that African Americans was bred with certain muscle groups, bigger muscle groups to sprint fast and be stronger. That's actually a reality, right? So I would never expect, right, people to actually give that history out. It's really not hidden. It's in the secret vault called the library. So I charge all the listening audience, maybe just go look up on it, it's gonna surprise you. So was was they able to do it? Of course they was. All you have to do is pick, certain people have certain traits. Some people are, are more physical in nature. Some people are more uh, docile in nature. Some people are taller, shorter. So you can actually pick traits, right, taller and bigger, and just keep breeding those types of people. So you have these bucks, right, these, these men that are larger than most men, and you just would breed them with a more docile woman. So you get a docile woman, a big, a big body up male, that was also docile, and you keep breeding those types together, and voila, what do you get? Over time, you will get African Americans that are larger, they can work in the fields longer, and are more docile. They kept the more people that were more, uh, people like you and the people listening to the show that, that, that may be aggressive against oppression, like you wouldn't get that chance. You you was not getting much of nothing. You would have to figure that out another way. But they actually bred these people for those favorable traits that would be better them working the farms and listening more accurately to the things they were saying but the whole thing is very interesting i'll tell you
0: now it is it's again it's super eye-opening if you're hearing this for the first time i even just even getting ready for this show I uh, even found that they would even if possible they would even they were even willing to quote unquote breed intelligent. Enslaved Africans together, if you will. Um, that was kind of surprising just in a little bit of research. But typically, like you said, more of the physical attributes and things of that nature. And I always, even, rem- I remember specifically when Jimmy the Greek got fired over those comments. But even as a young man then, it made sense to me. And I was a young man, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe prior to college, whenever that happened. Because I know it happened in the 80s, if you will, when he got, I think when he got fired, he, it happened like late 80s or early 90s, possibly. I probably think it was late 80s. And so yeah, I would have been I wouldn't have been in college yet. But I remember that it just seemed like it would be some fact to it. And now that I've gotten older and you know have got you know done a little more research, then absolutely that's it makes sense that Americans and Jamaicans are the fastest, if you will, people in the world. And so like and it comes from that unfortunate period, if you will. And he got fired for something that was, in a sense, fact, but obviously presented as very racist at the time. And, again, he never worked again. All right, Dr. Free, if you will jump in here. Um, any of this information new to you? Have you learned this information or anything that you want to, you know, just kind of pipe in as we kind of lay out, you know, this actual reality that, again, a lot of us are unaware of? Go ahead, Queen. Uh,
2: well, no, I uh, first I want to say hello to a, uh... Brother Ankin, thank you for sharing the uh, such insightful information. I appreciate your contributions. Um, I'm looking forward. I need to figure out where that lecture is, where you're gonna be talking so I can sit and, and see what else I can bring from your experience. But
1: thank you. good morning. I can,
2: but I um one of the things I was thinking about is how a lot of people don't understand is that because of who we were and how great we were in in from the continent in Africa, they didn't there's this misconception or we just call it lies, that um that when they came to get the uh African people that they that we were weak, you know, to go to your point, or that we were ignorant and that we were we were uninformed. but because we understand, and I'm sure your listeners understand, we were the ones that built America, then those we got when they went to, to get slaves, to get the but we'll say in they Absolutely. were educated. They were they were builders. They were you know, they they yeah. were um experts in their field. It wasn't like they didn't know anything, right? But because the idea is that, um it's kinda like I when I'm when I'm explaining it very simply, I say, Okay, you were taken and if you just dropped off in a country that you've never been before it's not that you don't have a language. You just don't have the language of that country. It's not that you don't have a culture or a way of being. You just don't have the one where they dropped you off, so to speak. And so with that in mind, it helps us to put in perspective, you know, the challenges that were faced. But it was not that they did not know because they had to know in order to be the ones to do the work because the work was not being done by the Europeans. Does that make sense?
0: No, it makes yep. a lot of sense. I even love the fact that you use the word enslaved, which is what I always used um, in, in that concept. Um, it's just from the fact that, um, like, even the, the discussion that, we, that um, they're even having right now in the public school system, this has been played around with. They, they've even, um, in some texts in the past, they've even tried to take, in a sense, the word slave out of history texts and called them workers, if you will. Like, these are the type of things that are, yeah, these are the type of dialogues that are happening, you know, currently, if you will, um, but I just want to highlight this little tidbit, um, specifically why I use the word enslaved Africans, because at the end of the day, to your point, Dr. Free, um, the way history text has always put it as, even, like I say, before this became in the question, even labeling our ancestors as slave is, in my opinion, incorrect because it's as mm-hmm. if it's a noun, Cause to your point, they came here already, whatever they may have been in their, you know, as what they were in their previous culture, in their previous tribe, they will steal those things. It's like the example I always give is if you go to prison, excuse me, you're going to be in prison telling people what you do. You're not a prisoner unless you get institutionalized and then you start referring to yourself as a number. But when you go there, you don't think of yourself as a prisoner. You'll say, I still did this on the outside. And so that's the reality because enslaved is what happened to our people. So again, I exactly. prefer that word for that reason. Um. Um. You know, so definitely wanted to highlight and love the fact that you, in a sense, used that word. I encourage it. Um, but with that said, um, brother, Un, um, in your lecture, you talked about um, some of the issues where we've already kind of highlighted. Well, yeah, they were selecting the, you know, the, the different attributes to get, in a sense, um, what they needed, if you will. Um, and this was, a unfortunately, a normalized thing um, historically. Uh, but there can be some issues. With doing this amongst humans, and so if you could kind of speak to some of the issues that um, kind of stay with a people when you've been, if you will, um, what is it called? Is it natural selection? Or oh, I'm saying the term correctly? Make sure I'm saying it correctly.
1: It's called. It's actually called uh, uh, artificial uh, selection.
0: Artificial selection. So yeah, if you could kind of speak uh, to some selection. of the issues, yeah, that come with being. With artificial selection, uh, I definitely would love for you to highlight some of those issues, if you will, King. Uh,
1: So, so basically, if you know anything about uh, dogs and breeding, right? Sometimes you can select traits that aren't really favorable to that particular organism. It 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 might be it might it might look good, like they breed certain bulldogs together, right? but their legs are not strong enough, but it looks beautiful to us. And we like those particular uh, bulldogs, right? But they live like an unhealthy life just based off the way uh, the breeder has chosen it. So, so, so when they bred slaves, the issue is when you fundamentally mess with any organism uh, breeding practices, man, that actually that cause a lot of mental instability, first of all. And thank goodness that we're humans and you're not going to be able to get all of us. Meaning Humans are going to have sex regardless. We're going to have sex in in the barn, behind the the daggone shed, all over the place. So they couldn't really control it like they wanted to. Now, you can control dogs because you're going to keep them pent up and you can keep them separated. But you know it's hard to keep a black man and a black woman separated from each other. So so ask and thank goodness for that. But the way they mentally did it, like, for instance, they would take uh, uh, children at the age of reproduction and uh like teenagers 12 years old 13 when they starting to come uh and, and and to women and manhood and they would put them naked inside of a barn right and leave them in there over the weekend so you can pretty much imagine uh basically what happened these practices are actually detailed by old slave accounts and if i can pull them up i'll, I'll actually give them to them but the, but the whole nine yards of these types of practices man was wild, and you can figure well why don't they actually talk about it well it's not actually a dog to talk about those fine details uh, about slavery, but yes they messed up our our, our well-being uh um, our, our, our reproduction success the overall health of our pop uh, the populations of African Americans early on was disturbed because like I said uh sexual activity and the balance of sexual activity. It's very, very important to the homosexual. I mean, my fault, man. To the Homo sapien sapien. And so, when these practices get disrupted, man, there's a lot of mental issues that can actually uh, uh, come about. So, so, say for instance, uh, that there was a lot of trauma produced in these activities, and we know human beings, if not given the proper help, will carry this trauma on. They will act this. They they will act out their lives out of the trauma that they received. So, it was a lot of unhealthy things that was pushed forward in the early African-American community. So i just like to say, like, man, that's the, that's probably the worst thing you can do to a group of human beings is to control their sexual activities.
0: No, that's major
1: because, um, you know, I have,
0: um, you know, my new book, "Reeducation education of the Negro, and I have a couple of pieces on, I think, one called The Power of Sex. Um, Black Socrates Speaks the Power of Sex. And uh, another piece, um, a couple of pieces that talks about, for example, the dangers of sex too soon in today's term, right? Like, like helping the youth understand the emotional things that come with um, sex too soon in today's time. So, I was blown away the first time I heard your lecture. You were like, "Yeah, they would put. A, uh, it was common practice to throw all the young teenagers in a barn for two days, lock them up for two days, naked." knowing what's going to happen because it will produce a lot of pregnancies. And I'm like, yeah, if that's what you, if that becomes your normalized way, because yeah, I'm a young teenager and I'm going through enslavement. I can't wait for the weekend to get put in the barn to enjoy my time, but I have no way to process what the hell I'm doing and what sex even becomes to you when that's, the way that you are allowed to possibly even start, I would assume some because they would like I said, they were that young. Start their sexual activity is in a in an orgy type setting. I think you were about to say something real quick. We got about a minute before break. Um, if you will, brother, get it in real quick. we will go to break.
1: Oh man, that's you hit it right in the nose, man. It's a very very unhealthy balance, man, and, and, and it's behavior that actually shouldn't be uh, shouldn't occur in the population. And, and you can see some of these things, just the very behaviors of it, you can see this acting out in the general African-American uh, uh, society now.
0: Yeah, very unfortunate. we got about 30 seconds. Dr. Frieda, did you have a quick comment before we go to break? You, or we can finish your comment. Um, you yeah,
2: let me share this um, excerpt from a book by uh, Naeem Akbar. It says, Breaking the Chains of Psychological Slavery. To Absolutely. both your points, he said, slavery was so destructive to natural life processes that the current generation of African-Americans through to the fifth and six generations removed from the cultural experience of slavery still carry the scars of this experience in both social and our mental lives. So it's it's just because what the challenges that I have a lot of times is when I'm talking to people. They say, well, what does that have to do with me today? Because that Mm -hmm. happened so long ago. I'm not a slave anymore. But that's because they don't know and understand what happened yesterday is just as real within our the memory of our DNA, as if it happened today.
0: Yeah, that's the unfortunate reality. As a matter of fact, this next cut is from George DeGruy, who speaks specifically about um, trauma being passed down through the epigenetics. So we're going to go to this cut. For the callers out there listening, if you want to get in on this morning's discussion, you do need to press one. We will let you get in on this discussion with us this morning. If you're online, the number to get in is six four six. Seven eight seven one six nine one. 787 1691 Again, that's 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. So both of y'all would pay attention to this cut. Definitely want to hear your thoughts because, as you as you said, Dr. Free, we want to talk about what this history means to us today. That's the more important part of this conversation. So we'll hear this cut from Dr. Dubu, and I'll get both of your thoughts um, coming out of it. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think
4: leprosy now we have a second symptom the second symptom of pathology was gender black females were perceived to be irreligious lustful and immoderate well that's convenient isn't it let's take a look at that we need to really take a look at this one because i have a whole chapter on rape i'm not can't even get close to what that did to me there were over, and this just comes out of a social work book. In a social workbook, it states that there were over 600,000 mixed-race babies born in the mid-1800s based on the census. Now, this was during miscegenation. That means it's illegal to marry. So who was sneaking out back and who was raping whom? We have numbers. Young girls rarely made it to their teens before they were raped. But let's put that in perspective of social science. Now, I want to get into that, to the, the fact that we were lustful. Because then you see it's their fault, isn't it? Surely I raped them, but didn't they deserve it? Now we need evidence of how we know they're lustful and immoderate and immoral. Here we go. Their protruding butts and genitals were offered as physical evidence of their pathology. Anybody up there with a big butt? anybody would i it. <laughs> there you have it, you slut. <laughs> it's incredulous. It's hard for you to even believe it. But you see it's in books. And a criminally insane right. But what was so amazing, I want to get right, let's get right up with that one, because the butt thing really threw me off. Because everybody wants that butt now, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> J-Lo made it, gave us all permission to first have the butt, and it's an African butt, don't get confused about it. And it's a butt they couldn't keep their hands off of. Now, they're injecting the butt now. They're putting butts in pants. They're making underwear with a butt in. it. <laughs> In addition to that, injecting the lips with collagen, yeah. locking the hair, and telling you the whole time you're ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Still looking for the safest tan. Yeah.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. And the sad thing about it is we believe we're ugly. Mm-hmm. Case in point, 2006. Oh yeah, she was cute. She had good hair. <laughs> yeah, she had good hair. And he, oh, he was oh he was fine. He was light skinned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at the music video. Same girl, isn't it? We might as well just take him over and over again. Tragic mulatto.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question African Americans were once bred like animals. What does that mean today? A special guest, Dr. Free as well as Brother Unk, as we hear again a cut from Dr. Joyce the Group. Really breaking down as we're starting to move into what does it mean today? And um, Brother Unk, before we got you on, um, Dr. Free had brought out the idea of just terminology like young buck. Buck terms that were still that are still with us that we were unaware of coming from that time. And now we hear Dr. Degru breaking down how how our bodies have been pathologized from the very beginning to create a narrative to make it okay to rape these young women and how that narrative is still with us which is proof of that beautiful quote that Dr. you used, right? Saying, hey, five, six generations later, things are still with us. And, again, I feel like Dr. DeGruy is getting into the psychology of the terminology that's with us, with the assumptions that others have about us and we make about ourselves. And now we're also moving this concept of, okay, okay, you're hearing about, the, in a sense, the black youth being thrown together or the buck being you know, the, the buck being the one impregnating the women, but now we're bringing in the other aspect of breeding as well, which is what we've always talked about, the slave masters raping us, and while wow, a big part of our DNA as African Americans is um, um, European due to um, not only the rape, but the intentional breeding as well. Um, a lot in that comment. I um, wanted to go to you, Dr. Free, first. Any thoughts of just what you heard with Dr. DeGroote? Then we'll go to Brother Um. I mean, so much was said. It's like, okay, what
2: can I talk about quickly?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> now, you have to take your time. We got you, Queen. Take your time.
2: Yeah. I think it was great that uh, you played that clip because I'm actually holding her book in my hand, um, Dr. Degury, um, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, which goes to the point that I was making before we went to break, how there's so much that we haven't dealt with, not just collectively, but personally, you know, under and understanding the uh, long-term effects of of yesterday on us as individuals today. Can
0: you- I think hey, we got a bad connection with it. Go ahead and jump in, Brother Unk. Um I think she got knocked off real quick, hopefully she'll jump back in here. Go ahead, Brother.
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I think she was talking about how the trauma is passed down or something like that. I think you may have used um, the term epigenetics. So there's a lot of misinformation on epigenetics, and I'm not sure of any studies that actually prove that, generationally speaking, that due to genes, that trauma can actually be uh, passed down like that. So let me uh, take a quick uh, glance at a Harvard study. of Like, what is epigenetics, right? I just want to come right to this quick part. Uh, contrary to proper belief, the genes inherited from one's parents do not set a child's future development in stone. So what we're hearing here is that even though there, there may be genes that can be passed down uh, to the fetus, right, thus to the child, right, doesn't mean they're actually set in stone. It says a variation in DNA sequences between individuals, certain in- influences, the way in which genes are expressed and how the proteins encoded by those genes will function, but that is only part of the story. The environment in which one develops before before and soon after birth provides powerful experiences that chemically modify certain genes, which in turn define how much and when they are expressed. Thus, while genetic factors, factors expert protein influences, environmental factors have an ability to alter the genes that we are inherited, so it's not stuck in stone, and I think we need to really know that. And and so we we're, we're overemphasizing something that has not even been scientifically uh well let me, say this, let me
0: say this real quick let me say this um I, I i love the clarity just be but to be fair and i'm and thank you for the clarity because that's very important yeah, we want to be accurate as possible mm-hmm. but just be clear right. we haven't overemphasized it it was mentioned so that's definitely not overemphasized oh no not but, no, no, no 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 yeah yeah but yeah, i just want to yeah. highlight that but i want to also i love the fact that you're breaking down how it happens as 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 someone's being developed right the environment itself yeah. and eventually yeah as you just pointed out, chemically influenced genetics, and it becomes a real thing, but to your point, mm-hmm. a, not no no proof of it necessarily being passed down without
5: mm-hmm. that. This is
0: what mm-hmm. I think I'm hearing. So thank you for, you know, if you will, that clarity and then, you know, and to be fair, that cut, um, I, I know I think Dr. Greer has used, said that before herself. She didn't say it in that particular cut, but I know I mentioned it. Right. So again, I thank you for that accuracy. Um... um but if you will, like just if you could, you know, kind of jump into some, maybe some of what you what you heard, because those terms you then are still with us today. Like what comes in my head is, um, the, just even going back to the youth, the youth being thrown in a barn, barn. You know what I mean? Like mm. mm-hmm. because, um, what I think it's like 1808 that the that the uh, enslavement trade across the Atlantic, in a sense, was banned, and so as you said, yep. mm-hmm. they were fully preparing for that time already. And what I what I, I, I came to understand, yep what I came to understand, even in my research, was actually it was a benefit because it ran the price up on the slave farms. Like it was actually a benefit to the industry that it was coming, and they were already preparing so that they could control the industry itself the industry of slave forms and producing slaves for other parts of the country, where wherever they were prevalent. Again, just kind of sneaking in a lot of the additional history to make this bigger point That that how do you even process sexual relations if you've been put into that process? Now, to your point, like you said, thankfully, plenty of our ancestors did it the normal way. Plenty of them jumped the broom, and so thank mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. that ain't how all of us, yeah. in a sense, came to be, but to mm-hmm. realize there was numbers, thousands, that were affected by the farms themselves, or the slave masters themselves taking advantage of a, on their own plantation, not necessarily sending them to breeding farms, but just impregnating, the, you know, in a sense, the, the Uh, uh, The artificial selection, if you will, impregnating the ones they want to have more slaves because of of the money it can make. You get a group of ancestors that have no concept of naturally selecting. And so that's quite amazing. And what are your thoughts, Mm. Brother Unk, about Mm. that? That kind of thing still being with us Or at least being said About a portion of our community I feel like I grew into that As a stigma That I As I became older and intelligent I wanted to get away from But I I, like if you remember Like Malcolm X talked about in his book How when he was the only Black in his class The other The whites looked at him as being the one that knew about sex already He said he didn't know nothing about sex But they assumed that he he knew about sex I had a similar experience Being the only black kid in my class In the mm. 80s And Malcolm's talking about this in the 50s Or I'm sorry mm-hmm. it would have been In the 30s when he was young In the 1930s he was talking about that experience I had the same experience as the only black boy In my class And I welcomed it Because it gave me Brownie points to
1: act like I knew. Go ahead, brother. So watch this. I'm gonna I'm, I'm feed right into what you just was saying. It, the overall understanding of why we at where we at. Watch this. We also know that sound material and uh, fetus nutrition, combined with positive social emotional support of children through their family and community environment will reduce the likelihood of negative epigenetic modifications that increase the risk of later physical and mental health implements. The problem is that slavery itself fosters a horrible community. It does not allow for a functioning culture. Remember how we talk about how important the culture is? Culture is important to a baseball and a football team. It's super right. important to human beings. And so slavery produced a culture of losing. It produced a culture of no hope. It produced a culture of ignorance. And so as long as these this culture is passed down, this is the conversation Montreal, that it is the culture of slavery that we continue to pass on to the next generation. We do not have healthy communities. We could work push forward to have healthy communities, but to have healthy communities we must have sound systems of understanding First, economics, we talk about this all the time, mm-hmm. right, and literacy, scientific literacy. These things will start to bolster and, and form healthy communities because the process of enslavement, right, did just that. It it eroded and broke down the factors that would foster healthy communities. And so we broke in, right, and we're working towards fixing it. Uh, uh, the civil rights movement, prior to that, all, all the warriors, that fought for our rights and just fought in many different ways. That was part of the building process. We, we started to see how we could actually fight back and win. Prior to that point, uh, you know, you, you talked about when they, I heard you do a, a, a conversation talking about, hell, when you got out of print, when, when, when we got a free, right, they figured out a way to lock us back up. You don't got a job. Well, how are you going to have a job? I just got off the plantation. So they would lock you up for that and put you right back in that same situation. All these things pushed us forward to having negative community settings and so we wonder why our communities are as such we wonder why our education ain't where it needs to be because at a certain point montoya shows like this that actually brings information to us and make us even aware that these set of circumstances actually occurred you don't know you have a problem until you know about the problem you don't know what to do you don't know how to fix something that you know nothing about so i think this show will go a long way and producing positive results because now we we understand or at least we know that there was a process set forward that would sexually select traits that were unfavorable for a healthy community.
0: No, nah, that's real. We're up against the break. Let me go to this break, take care of my sponsor. I will be playing another cut. I see several callers out there. If y'all are just listening, no problem. If you are a first-time caller, you do have to press 1 if you want to jump in. All right, I see one of the caller wants to jump in. We'll get them coming out of the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all
6: I ask is that you think.
0: Hey, are you a wine drinker? Yeah, a little bit here and there, but, but my wife definitely loves hers. Why you asking? Man, you got to try this vegan wine by and shared wine. I ran across them at this event in Atlanta, and now I keep me a few bottles at the house. What, what flavor you like? Um,
1: I mean,
0: I like to smear a good red or, or maybe a nice dipping deal or You know what I'm saying? Okay. Try this sweet red first. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's nice and smooth right there. Yeah, that's kind of sweet like I like it. You know what I'm saying? For sure. That's why I like that one as well. Hey, hey now try this Conjure dipping Gel. This one was featured in Forbes Magazine as a top 10 drink for the summer. See what you think. Oh, okay. Now that's fire right there. Where can I get a bottle of that? Just go to supersharewines.com. They'll ship it right to your door. They black on too. Oh yeah? Okay, you said what? shippingsharewines.com, is that it? Yep. it yeah.
3: Some plantation owners would offer rewards to enslaved men who could impregnate the most women it may seem unimaginable to think that a person could be rewarded for impregnating multiple women but this was a reality for some enslaved men on sex farms during slavery plantation owners would offer incentives to enslaved men who could produce the most offspring which would be sold for profit this practice perpetuated the dehumanization of enslaved people and further cemented their status as property rather than human beings with agency and autonomy in some cases Plantation owners would even go so far as to pit enslaved men against each other in a competition to impregnate the most women. This not only caused harm to the enslaved women who were forced to participate in this system, but also created a toxic environment among enslaved men who were forced to compete with each other for the approval of their enslavers. One example of this can be found in the diary of a plantation owner named James Hammond who owned several plantations in South Carolina during the mid-1800s. In his diary, Hammond detailed his efforts to breed enslaved people for profit and boasted about the fertility of his enslaved women. He wrote that he offered rewards to the enslaved men who could impregnate the most women, stating that it was a great stimulus for them. This type of behavior is not only morally reprehensible, but it also had lasting consequences for the enslaved people who were forced to participate in the system the offspring produced in this way were often sold as soon as they were weaned leading to the separation of families and further dehumanization of enslaved people
0: welcome back to the mental dialogue talk show I'm your host Montoya Smith aka Black Socrates this morning's discussion question African Americans were once bred like animals what does that mean today? As we hear another cut, I do have a caller that wants to jump in. I just want to highlight this real briefly. We'll jump to the caller. Um, um, what you're just what you're hearing now. Um, again, you can't act right if you don't think right. So what brother was talking about was the the concept. And I've and never connected the dots, and I love how the brother's saying it. I mean, I personally have connected the dots due to the fact that I love history. I love doing research. But collectively, there's always this dialogue of, you know, enslavement was 400 years ago, and, and what does that matter now? Like, that is a concept. And when Brother Ump breaks down, how do you build healthy communities when that is the culture that you're coming from, the example of what you just heard speaks to what Dr. Freestad in the beginning. Um, The young buck, the buck, being rewarded for all the sexual exploits. These are things that we still see today, and I I used to always wonder, I've connected the dot now, thanks to seeing Brother Unc's lecture in the past and connecting the dots, but I used to always wonder like when it comes to You know, the concept of being a pimp, and that's something that we highlight, and uh, we've done shows on, you know, why do we applaud pimps within the hip-hop culture and things of that nature. Um, Having read Iceberg Slim's books in the past and realizing how early, you know, pimping started in the 30s because it was a way to have money and things of that nature. It's really remnants coming off of a faulty culture coming out of that period, and hence, while there are other groups, you know, pimping happens all over the world, but when you think of the United States or where it's kind of normalized and understood to be within the culture, it's no surprise when you connect the dots. Let me get to some of these callers. I know y'all want to jump in with me, but we've got a couple of callers. So let's go to 770-LAST-3377. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion.
7: Good morning, Montoya. How are you? This is Isma Tianti. And this is a a very um, good subject that you're talking about because it does lend to why we still, as women and even men, call each other bitches and niggas. The mental aspect of why we have been taught to use these terms is still prevalent today. However, I do believe that as we have tried to get away from these stereotypes, we um, saw people going to college and saying various things to better our um, economic and educational background, we began starting our own businesses again, hence the Black Wall Street now, and I'm going to make it real quick. We have tried to still steer um, steer away from these negative um, upbringings and stereotypes. But the further we try to get away from it, that's when I think the media and everything tries to re-implement those mindsets and thought processes and make it profitable. Hence the rap music and the low vibrational, they make that popular and make it profitable. And the, more we get away from it the more they pull us back in and you can see that throughout the history of how we are you can see that and it'll still draw us right on back to that negative um vibration but i do believe that we are making progress it may not seem like it but we are because of shows again like yours and things that our brother sincere is doing and reaching out to the youth those are just not really being shown in the limelight to, um, to really get a gauging of our progress that we're still making and having to go against this negative and drawing away from it. So I just want to say for those who are doing what they're doing to, to eradicate those thought processes, keep doing it, it is not in vain.
0: Now, thank you for your three cents, Queen. Um, I would just simply offer that. I, I would say it's really more of a continuation of this narrative coming out of this time, and I'm only highlighting, um, I don't know that there's necessarily efforts to pull us back in, per se, as much as the narrative has never, in a sense, been discontinued. Never gone away. Yeah, never been discontinued. Yeah, and, you're right. I, yeah, and to, to Brother Unk's point, I would say, in a sense, For the aspects of our culture That have been built on that And again keep in mind To uh, Brothers Unk's point All of us just didn't happen to So you have in a sense a clash Of saying hey here are the values we needed Versus this element So again it's not that we all accept it But unfortunately when The slave culture has has played a role Then that narrative is also Accepted by us as well So it's been more of a continuation But thank you for your three cents this morning Queen All right, we got another caller. I'm going to go ahead and jump to the other caller, and I'll get y'all thoughts on what they had to say. Area code 402-LAST-3-199. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's
5: discussion. (laughs) Uh,
6: Yeah, my name is Stuart Knight, and uh, I'm uh, calling from Omaha, Nebraska. How you doing? Did you hear me okay?
0: Yeah, you're coming through good, Stuart. Thanks for calling back in. King, King, how you doing?
6: Okay, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, the first thing I wanted to say is that the um, the uh, the game, or, you know, if you want to say pimping, as you say it, actually got started because of uh, black women were still giving white men sex for free after slavery. And the black men got tired of seeing that, so they wanted to be able to, you know, bring some monetary gain to afford the women, first of all. And secondly, uh, many of the... Um, it wasn't really black men who were si- firing the children, you know, during the slave breeding process. It was actually black women. Many of black women, they got a, a, a man. You made it earlier. If they sired, you know, six, ten, twelve, you know, children, whatever the, you know, whatever the master uh, dictated to win her freedom. And firstly, I just wanted to know uh, y'all speaking about what are some of the uh, traits. That we're, uh, that we're dealing with today that come from the slave breeding process. Well, one of the traits is men believe in that sexual conquest, many black men, I should say, believe in that sexual conquest is a marker of manhood. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing, and a most critical thing, is the way a lot of sisters choose their men. If you really look at it closely, you know, you know they talk about the six-feet, six-pack, you know, uh, six figures, as they say today, as, uh, you know, characteristics that only, only black men need to have to be able to make, a lot of that comes from, you know, the the institution of slave breeding. So, you know, I know the brother earlier said that epigenetics, you know, is, is, is not uh, factualized science. But, I mean, if you just look at that carryover that too many of our black men and black women believe hold is culturally true as far as how you pick your mates, you know uh, that kind of shows a little bit. Of, uh, true enough, that can be called social conditioning, also. But that still shows how you know, from the slave breeding process, those uh, uh those uh, uh, behavior practices still exist.
0: Now it makes sense, and if you and, and yeah, now it makes sense, and um, you know, just to, and to even point out exactly what Brother Unc said. He highlighted that that can happen. It's just it wasn't that it's direct gene to gene it's more these these like for example being born into a bad culture can then have those effects on the genetics so then it still kind of leads to even what you're saying if you you know just to kind of be accurate about what he pointed out um did you, did you i thought you finished up your thought we only got a couple of minutes uh, Were we able to finish up your thought brother, brother stewart but thank you for your call
6: uh yeah uh, well what i wanted to say is uh if we want to really learn why the way we do the things that we do, you have to do a deep dive in the history of Black people. You know, it's not just listening to your, your you know, your um, whatever talk show host. It's actually getting out there, doing the research for yourself. You know, so I, you know, I encourage all Black people to do that. If you really want to know, you really want to know why we still do some of the things you do, man. Do the work and go out there and find out what the history really was all about.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, we're just trying to be a resource center. If you listen to Brother Unc, he's going to definitely give you literature to where he's getting this information for because that's just what he does. He's known for that. But thank you for your three cents this morning, King. Um, Brother Unc, we got about a minute and a half. Uh, I'll let you kind of jump in before we go to our top of the hour break. Um, For the other
1: callers, you have to press one to get in here. Go ahead, Brother Unc. I just kind of want to stay away from statements that ain't properly sourced about, you know, black women still giving sex. Free to, 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 to men. That's, like, that's kind of like a, I'm not saying you did it on purpose, but it was a little divisive and we would like to know exactly what the source was uh, kind of on that. So we don't want to actually blame a particular segment of the population and particularly black women for things that occurred uh, that, that actually they had no bearing on. So we were just responding to that. And, and the epigenetics piece I was simply saying that that, that 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 genes and stuff actually can be repaired. And there's no scientific data that actually supports that these things can be passed down through generation. So it's it's basically just having a bad culture. And early the sisters uh spoke of like basically and I think you kinda uh uh spoke uh against that, that so like the media and things of that nature uh, everybody hears rap music. The difference is that a white kid can get caught up in some bad lyrics, and and, and maybe a Korean kid can get caught up in bad, language, uh, bad lyrics, and start to try to live that lifestyle. But they have a formidable culture to refute these things. Our culture ha- has not been strengthened enough over the past 400 years to be able to survive such things like that. So, so that's why a lot of people get caught up and trapped right. and folded. We don't have mechanisms in place that will actually restore. Us from our bad behavior, so not all of us do it, right? Some of us have strong culture within the family, but we're basically saying overall, you know, we don't speak in absolutes, uh, Montoya. Absolutely. I mean, you speak no. on that, yeah, you speak on that. No, no, absolutely, that.
0: I love what you're saying. I agree, I agree, I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. And if you and and we got, we're at the top of the hour, so I'm gonna just jump in and go to the break. Okay. But if you know, again, okay. I love what you're saying. We're actually saying the same thing. I was just highlighting right. that the narrative continues, but to your point. That's why it's more of an effect. So it's not necessarily speaking against yes. cause I was just highlighting that it's a continuous narrative. But to your point, that's why, unfortunately, it can be um, so effective in a negative way to our community due to some aspects of lack of culture. We're at the top of the hour. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. We'll get to the other callers coming out of the break as well.
4: if you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong?
0: Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour.
4: I like those. What's their IG?
0: At moneymotivation.co
4: But do they have any ladies gear? Yes,
0: you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, Pull up their website, MoneyMotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money.
3: Enslaved women who were deemed to be good breeders were often treated better than those who were not. With the abolition of the slave trade, enslavers turned to women to expand the numbers of their slaves. During this time, women were viewed as reproductive machines, and their ability to bear children was a significant factor in determining their value. Enslaved women who were deemed to be good breeders were highly valued, and plantation owners often treated them better than those who were not. According to historian Deirdre Cooper Owens, plantation owners would use various criteria to determine which women were good breeders some factors included age physical attributes and fertility rates enslaved women who met these criteria were forced to have sex with male slaves often against their will and were then closely monitored throughout their pregnancies to ensure that they produced healthy offspring plantation owners often provided better living conditions and food to enslaved women who were good breeders they would also give them preferential treatment in terms of work assignments and punishments This was because the offspring produced by these women were more valuable and profitable for the plantation owner. One example of this can be seen in the life of the famous abolitionist, Harriet Jacobs. Jacobs was enslaved in North Carolina and was forced to have two children with her owner, Dr. James Norcom. She was deemed a good breeder and was treated relatively well compared to other enslaved women on the plantation. However, Jacobs refused to have any more children with Norcom and chose to hide in a small attic space for seven years to avoid his advances. Despite the preferential treatment that some enslaved women received, they were still subject to the brutal conditions of slavery. They were still considered property and were forced to have sex against their will.
5: Welcome
0: back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, African Americans were once bred like animals. What does that mean today? I love the end of that cut because to your point, brother, we're going to go to Dr. Free here. I just wanted to say, you know, to your point, um, yeah, we definitely want to have the clarity and don't get it misunderstood, that preferential treatment. Don't get it twisted like it's preferential treatment at work. Nobody likes you know, the, the the suck up at work Or the suck up in class, you know what I mean the, uh, That mm-hmm. type of thing Yeah, preferences included being raped When you didn't want to have sex And we've also And I know you know this as well brother. Uh, we've also Misunderstood the history of um, House Negro And field Negro There is really no True evidence within uh, Our Sexual mem—I mean, I'm sorry. Our enslavement memoirs or anything that suggests that that was a real difference. However, you just heard one of those difference—a little preferential treatment for being a good breeder, but
5: mm-hmm. but it
0: includes being raped at mm-hmm. any time. Is that is you know you understand? What I'm saying like we really have it. In, we That's really true. have it funked up out here thinking that. Being in the house negro again there's no facts to that that's just something that brother malcolm who's my favorite hero of the past kind of threw out there without any scientific literacy or any information to prove that that was really a misnomer but they would do it for the breeders they would do it to the young to the bucks but just mm-hmm. give them rewards for being such But if we will, Dr. Free, jump in on that that cut, talking about the sisters having to be breeders and what that meant. And, again, all of this sounds so familiar to current times, in my opinion, which speaks to Mm -hmm. that culture that Brother Unc has has continued to talk about and how it can affect our community still to this day. Go ahead, Queen.
2: Well, thinking about what what that has been, um, it always goes back for me to knowledge of self. And when we don't know who we are and we allow others to define us, then we will live according to that definition in a lost place where we've lost ourselves. We don't know who you are. And I think we can talk about this collective understanding, first acknowledging the record of our history and understanding that we have a personal responsibility to do that, if you want to know, Um, you can say, well, the teacher didn't do that and and they didn't do that, but what are you going to do now? What are you going to do today? Uh, Malcolm X said to to mention him, you just mentioned him a moment ago, he says that only a fool would allow the enemy to teach his children. Now, you can talk about what the word enemy means in that particular context when it was used then, but I'd like to say to define the enemy as someone who does not know the culture, who does not know what it is your goals are for your family, who does not know who can really teach. Because I can't expect someone who doesn't look like me to teach and understand where I come from and be able to share it from a, a heart place, from a place with passion, and in a way that is understood that because we come from the same place. If you don't come from where I come from, then you can't understand nor teach or inspire, or encourage, or empower in the same way. So I think to expect the school system or to expect someone who doesn't have knowledge of self or to understand is misplaced responsibility. But when I acknowledge that, my responsibility, and then I realize going to uh, Brother Unc's that I don't have to feel stuck, that I can do what I need to do individually. To, um, when we talk about epigenetics and that role, I don't feel like stuff there, but first we have to acknowledge that. And that comes from asking ourselves a question. Well, why do I feel this way? You know, well, why am I calling myself this? Or why I, am I a part of this particular group of people socially? Or or why do I feel like I cannot help my brother or sister? Because we can say um, we can put place on everybody else all the time. But how many people, how many times have you heard, well, I want to ask my brother to help me, but he ain't going to be on time. He ain't going to be this. He ain't going to be that. The negative things that we say about ourselves and to each other, we have to ask ourselves a question well, why do I say that? And is there something that I can do to change that? And yes, there is something that we can do to change that. Um, in the book, um, The Falsification of African Consciousness, Eurocentric History, Psychiatry and the politics of white supremacy that was written by Amos Wilson, he goes on to talk about how our history not being taught to us correctly, ensures that our potential will be forever underdeveloped as a people, and that we will not challenge those who rule like got up air quotes over us you know or those that we think
5: mm-hmm. rule over us
2: because understand our individual freedom. So we'll continue to live by those, um, those mindsets as if it's okay, as if people have a license, to go back to your point that you were saying um, about women, as if you have a license to treat a woman a particular way because of the way she's dressed or because of her sexual choices or because of how she interacts. Nobody has a license to mistreat or rape or, or talk crazy about anybody or treat, call anybody out of their name just because of the way they're raped. I know growing up I heard many times, well, you need to dress this way because if you don't, then you are welcoming the abuse of a man. How is that? Because of my choice and the way I choose to dress. Just because you don't have self-control, then that makes me responsible for another person's behavior? And we have all these certain mindsets and these certain behaviors that are rooted in a lack of knowledge of self. I understand that knowledge of self is the beginning of wisdom. And when we take personal responsibility, then we can begin to make a difference in the collective.
0: Drop the mic, y'all. I'm about to cut everybody off. (laughs) Hey, right, you went in, Queen. Uh, let me check on you for time-wise. Are you still rocking with us? Because I know you may, I want to make sure I respect you. I don't yeah, another no, call no. Okay, just here. make it All right, okay. uh, let me jump to this caller before I get the Brother up. I'm pretty sure he wants to jump in as well. Uh area code 609-LAST-3891. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion.
8: Dr. Marilyn Davis, uh, Montoya. Um, I, the sister that just spoke has my hands in the air because she really bought in. She went in. And, I, you know, we, we come from generations who don't know who we are and who haven't been access to that information and don't know where to get the information because the media that they listen to, the, the circles they're in, their lifestyle does not access them or give them access to the information that we need to make change. Um, this this thing about slavery, you know, everything has a vibration. Every single thing is is living. Even words are are living, breathing things. So when you talk about slavery being in the DNA of generations, even down to us, that's a true. That's a fact. That's scientific. It's it's a true thing. Like if a parent, uh, if a mother is a drug addict, her child is going to be born addicted. D, so let me jump D, in let me jump and in on you, man.
0: let me jump in let me jump in real quick just because I don't know how long you've been listening, so I'm gonna say a couple things to you I'm gonna let you finish, but I do wanna there's some things we've already added some clarity to, so I just in case somebody's just now tuning in, I do wanna kind of stand by some of the clarity that we've already offered um so um uh the okay. first uh, you know first initial thing um just to kind of mention this is um the Brother Unc, who's with us, has kind of already gave us the specific information to um, the science, to that it's not necessarily DNA paths, but cultural changes, in a sense, once you're born, can affect your genetics. So that's what we know scientifically. And so, yes, drugs is one thing. These acts, we want to be careful and be specific. Again, Brother Unc has already corrected that, so I don't know if you heard that portion of the show. So I do want to kind of highlight Specifically, culture can change your genetics, but there is no scientific proof of DNA being passed via just being born. Just to give you that clarity, go ahead and finish your thought, Queen. Well, I kind
8: of disagree with that because I think... Yeah, I understand. I understand. I understand, but I don't want to argue I'm not going to argue the point.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Um, saying brother brought the science to the table, and so I, I do like to stand on the science. And I know you have other point more so than the DNA being passed. I just want to add that clarity just in case somebody just tuned in and missed that clarification that Brother Unc had already given. So I just want to be fair to any new listeners as well. Go ahead, Queen. I'm sorry.
8: Uh, my point being that um, you know it's it's really tragic the situation that we're in regarding who we are, and we always hear the the phrase that you know uh, people don't know who we are and. Uh, they know exactly who we are, and, and that's the whole, um, the whole propaganda, the whole body of work that is dumped on our culture because they know exactly who they are, and they've been keeping us from knowing who we are. So this is the stone, this is the diamond and the rough that we have to dig for, and we have to start negating the music. We have to start negating the fashion I don't really know stars, celebrities, and all that. The Kiki Palmer thing with her boyfriend, that really spoke to me because I really think that a man should be able to talk to his woman about how she carries herself. You know, we need to become more modest in our dress. We need to have more respect for ourselves. And, and you know, she has every right to wear what she wants to wear. This is true. But when you have, I feel, if you have a man that will come to you and say, you know, like, I think that you should be a little more modest than your dress, cover your body up. I'm for that. I'm a I Christian. Respect the queen. I'm actually person. up against
0: the break. Up against the break. I can get you after the break if you want, Queen. Sorry to cut you off. Um, but yeah, I am up against the break. And so if you want to get back in, come off the one and back on the way. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to acknowledge you as Dr. Davis. So definitely, um, um, I'm proud of you for that accomplishment um so you've been a long time call caller, and so i do thank you for your thoughts as well i will highlight as i let you go um brother uh mentioned it's called the library the information is available and now that library is on the internet and so all the information we are sharing today I, I I I only picked it up in the last few hours. Brother Unk has a full lecture on it, so the information is available. And I would even refute that that they don't keep it from us in in a sense that it's easy for us to take the responsibility and go get that information. But again, you can come back in after the break. Thank you, Doctor Davis, for your call this morning. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. What happens when your customers call your business and you're too busy to answer or call them back in a timely manner? You lose that business. Shockingly, 61% of inbound calls go unanswered. But fear not, TCHmedia.ai is here to change the game. We specialize in capturing, nurturing, and converting your prospects into loyal customers. With our state-of-the-art communication solutions, no interaction will be left behind. When you miss a call, we've got you covered with automatic, engaging texts that keep your prospects connected and eager to choose you over your competitors. Don't let potential customers slip away. Make the smart choice with TCHmedia.ai and skyrocket your conversions today. TCHmedia.ai is here to change
5: the
0: game. Change the game.
9: the slave breeding farms are mostly left out of the history books except for those that deny their existence. Many of the white slave owners felt they were doing their female slaves a favor when they mated with them, granting them a respite from the brutish black slaves they would otherwise be subjected to. Generally speaking, it was the house slaves that got raped the most. Some mothers had to protect their offspring from the master's wife if she had reason to believe her spouse was the father. States such as Virginia, produced slaves as their main domestic crop. The price of slaves was anchored by industry in other states that consumed slaves in the production of rice and sugar, and constant territorial expansion. As long as the slave power continued to grow, breeders could literally bank on future demand and increasing prices. That made slaves not just a commodity, but the closest thing to money that white breeders had. It's hard to quantify just how valuable people were as commodities, but the sublette try to convey it. By a conservative estimate, in 1860 the total value of American slaves was $4 billion, far more than the gold and silver then circulating nationally. Slaves were worth more than everything else they could imagine combined. Because slaves were property, southern slave owners could mortgage them to banks and then the banks could package the mortgages into bonds, and sell the bonds to anyone anywhere in the world, even where slavery was illegal. In the 1830s, powerful Southern slave owners wanted to import capital into their states so they could buy more slaves. They came up with a new, two-part idea, mortgaging slaves, and then turning the mortgages into bonds that could be marketed all over the world. First, American planters organized new banks, usually in new states like Mississippi and Louisiana. Drawing up lists of slaves for collateral, the planters then mortgaged them to the banks they had created, Enabling themselves to buy additional slaves to expand cotton production.
0: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question. African Americans were once bred like animals. What does that mean today? I thought it was incredibly important to end this discussion of what it means today. is to truly understand the economics of the game that Brother Unk actually mentioned I'm going to go to him right now. And something that speaks to, and this is something that me and Brother Unk have talked about, and a lot of people, do, in a sense, don't understand about history or history. And Brother Unk made a quick mention of it, which is um, it's actually a, a misconception to, in a sense, say uh, certain things were, in a sense, were hidden when you understand how history and religion are used as an economic tool to shore up your society and your culture. There is nothing advantageous about sharing what you just heard for our society. So no, it's not going to be put in the history book. Some would say that's being hidden. No, there's no advantageous reason. My um, brother, Uncle, is that you moving in the background? You know I mean? is that, no, mommy? No. uh Okay. It's I got, I'm gonna, I'm going gonna to have a live live phone number and didn't realize it. Let me see. Let me check that out. Let me make sure I don't have a live number. Okay. Um anyway, point I was just trying mm-hmm. to make is and brother, you know, is that a lot of people misunderstand how history, his story you're effectively going to put in information that's going to show up your society, show up your culture. You're not going to put in the things that don't show up your society. And so it's kind of to Dr. Free's point, when you understand um, that someone who's not from or of your culture, they have no reason to, in a sense, teach this. And at the end of the day, no way would America want you to realize the actual finances, even though we kind of have always broad brushed and said hey this country was built off our back now you're hearing the actual actual economics and america became the leading cotton trading country in the world due to some of the information just that you just heard uh but brother um, we can't say we were once bred like animals and not get into the economics of what that meant back then and why it was so prevalent and why it's not talked about. I think I've summed
1: it up a little bit, but I know you can add to that. Go ahead, King. Well, let me, all uh, right, okay, so uh, from the text, um, first of all, I, I always want to give a listen to the audience books. And, and another text is called Medicine and Slavery, The Disease and Health and Care of Blacks in the Annabella of uh, Virginia. And, and, it, and the book is basically talked about how uh, the, the medical industry was was, was sort of uh, placed on the, the backs of black women, M- meaning they was they was really want you to have those babies, so they was giving them the best care. Now this is counterintuitive to what we actually think. But think about it: if your money is tied to the production of babies, then you want to make sure all babies uh, come to planet Earth. And so there was always this struggle and fight mm-hmm. between the black women and say, "Wait a minute, man, we know how to." Um, Had babies We've been doing it forever And then the doctor was saying No, not quite that way And out of that struggle Of going back and forth Man, they kind of put together A good system to bring in babies But let me read this part Three sentences from uh, The American slave coast Okay, the history of slave breeding it speaks to the, the economic aspect It said, Virginia Was the mother of slavery Wrote Lewis hughes And that's a slave, right? He was educated They say it wasn't just a figure of speech during the 53 years from the prohibition of the American slave trade by federal law in 1808 to the debacle of the Confederate slave, I mean, 1861. The southern southern economy depended on the function of slave breeding industry, of which Virginia was the number one supplier. When Hughes was born in 1832, the market was expanding sharply. What we don't understand is that the majority of slaves that was brought that came from Africa didn't go to the Americas. They went to the Caribbean and other places. Mm -hmm. The majority of slaves that was produced in America was produced through the breeding process. This functional sexual behaviors pushed on African Black Americans. This is a point that needs to be, quote, unquote, uh, uh, highlighted. Another point, the, 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 the doctor spoke eloquently on needing to know yourself. Now watch this, knowledge yourself. That's really a trick word and a buzzword, not for you, Doc, but let me show you how people with misinformation and disinformation have acting, taken that to misinform us. You wonder why the process takes so long for us to get educated because they use these words right like knowledge itself to really miseducate us on the processes. If I was to tell you foundation right of education in America was really the foundation and methodology you should use to actually get your history, you would say, "Well, that's crazy, brother Unc." But in reality, absolutely. The methodology that was produced through science and literature, right, is actually the methodology we are supposed to use to get you our authentic uh, African-American and black American history, not this wild discourse of disinformation and misinformation that Brother Montoya and me have been fighting for years. I remember when Brother uh, Montoya actually changed the course of the way I thought about history in some heated conversations.
5: (laughs) Maybe
1: he'll tell you about that. But actually, when we talk about um, uh, quote-unquote information and getting the real – no, we have actually miseducated ourselves in trying to run away from the educational system in America. Remember I made that statement that it's in a secret vault called the library? Well man, any of us can go to any local library. Any of us can go downtown to the larger libraries. Any of us can access college-level information on all the subjects that we're actually talking about. Please do not allow YouTube, Facebook and social media to be your platform of actually getting to the real information. There are ways of getting to it. Brother Monto can show you how to actually get you the real accurate information that will actually help shape and form and foster a healthy community. Disinformation is information that is produced that is wrong that people on purpose push. Misinformation is information that you, that you pass on to family members and other people and you don't know no better. I am telling you that large social media platforms, right, absolutely promote disinformation, TikTok and YouTube. This quick, fast information on black history and we the original Americans and all this is a bunch of which actually slows down the process that the great sister was talking about that we really need to push ourselves forward. So if you ask yourself, why is it taking too long? Because we have been infused and fused with a this and misinformation campaign promoted and offered by black Americans.
0: No, I love it. Let me say this real quick because um, I came across this quote, and again, the uh, universe. All oh, I will say, the universe. You know, these you know, are one of those big words, right? In reference, you know, like 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 people say. Uh, but this definitely always happens as I'm for shows. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't even know I was going to do this show when I saw this quote, and I'm going to miss. I'm going to mis- paraphrase the quote, but I think I make the point, and it highlighted um, that history point isn't just to simply show you how great you are. And the reason I'm, I'm highlighting that because of what you're saying right now, but uh, in the sense that, yeah, you're right, the quick quick t- the YouTube history and all of that type of stuff really highlights, um, and you've said this before on the show, uh, if you get the wrong information, it'll have you thinking you are all things and everywhere, which is, 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 very, is not factual, but when you actually use methodology and get information correctly to Dr. Free's point, when you do it the correct way, then you actually can learn the mistakes not to make when you actually have the facts. And so this information that we're getting today, if you – and, you know, to Brother Stewart who called in his point, if you go further than just our podcast today and take on the responsibility that Dr. Friso so eloquently pointed out, because when she said that, again, I call it the drop-the-mic moment because – One thing that y'all know, if y'all are regular listeners to this show, is I am always saying I don't give a damn what they do in the public school system prior to what's happening right now with quote unquote critical race theory. I don't even like calling that because it's a misnomer, but I'll just use it because everybody can relate to it. Regardless of what they do and quote unquote how they in a sense they I don't like that word either whitewash history, the responsibility for you to Teach your children who they are and what they are. If you heard Brother John Henry Clark's quote at the beginning of the show highlighting the role of history in our lives, and to Brother Frank's point, because of how we understand education, we, realize, we think history is boring and we don't need it, but it is actually critical to building culture, it's why whether you are an indigenous culture somewhere in, in, in you know, in one of these um, um, jungle areas now, whatever, because we still have indigenous cultures on this earth, or whether you in the most sophisticated culture, all cultures passed our history to and reinforce culture, and so we've always highlighted we haven't known it the responsibility is available to go get it because it serves a purpose for you to know who you are. It serves Mm -hmm. a purpose for you to know who you are. I'm not saying something that people don't understand, but do we take on the responsibility to actually go get the factual information or are we to brothers? Mm -hmm. Onk's point, relying on YouTube and TikTok because it's right there for us. It comes into our feed and we get misinformation that actually gives us information that can't help us culturally be stronger to avoid some of these bad narratives that have been passed on since the very beginning that we're hearing, if you will, today. Let me go to this break and I'll get both of our guest thoughts. If you want to get on this conversation, the number to get in is 646- 787-1691. 787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back, all I ask is that you think. Hey, are you a wine drinker? Yeah, a little bit here and there, but, but my wife definitely loves hers. Why you asking? Man, you got to try this vegan wine by Sip and Share Wine. I ran across them at this event in Atlanta, and now I keep me a few bottles at the house. What, what flavor you like? Um, I mean, I like to be a good red or, or maybe a nice dipping gel you know what I'm saying? Okay. Try this sweet red first. Hmm. Okay, that's, that's nice and smooth right there. Yeah, that's kind of sweet like I like it. You know what I'm saying? For sure, that's why I like that one as well. Hey, hey, now try this Conjure Dam. This one was featured in Forbes magazine as a top 10 drink for the summer. See what you think. Oh, okay, now that's fire right there. Where can I get a bottle of that? Just go to sipandsharewines.com. They'll ship it right to your door. They black on too. Oh yeah? Okay, you said what,
1: shipandsharewines.com,
4: is that it? Yep. Yeah. Complicit in in maintaining this notion that this is what you are. Uh, everything from, and it's so interesting because it, it shows itself over and over in the film.
5: Yes.
4: You know, what, what do we reward? We reward the images that we have projected. We're not going to reward the image of a noble, you know, aspiring man of african descent but we will re- reward a pimp a hustler a criminal and we're not going to reward a noble beautiful moral healthy black woman hence precious we're going to we're going to we're going to again reward you to perpetuate the images that we need you to continue to have of yourself and then we'll also continue to justify <laughs> For white people, why it always is this this way? Do you see? Yes. So education has, you know, while we have, you know, Carter G. Wilson made it very clear that we were miseducated. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, he he had, he didn't have more words to say than miseducated because we could put a whole lot more than miseducated on that. Mm-hmm. We were miseducated. We were dehumanized. We were brainwashed. We were beaten into submission. We were uh, victimized by learned helplessness. All of those things would feed into that miseducation. And so when we look at the residual impact of that, when we look at what does that do to a people, it, you begin to question your fundamental self. And when you have detached that person from their culture, again, we had to be very careful to have, to destroy all of the African roots from which we came, the rituals, the, the customs, the, uh, the practices that built village and community. We, we, we were, those things were severed as well as the language. And what we understand now based on data that has been collected in contemporary society that severing people from their culture is tantamount to the death of the selfish, completely. The yep. death of the culture is tantamount to the death of the self. Could you
3: say that again,
4: please? That when you destroy the links that a people have, any people, with their culture, you destroy them. Because it is by far more important the ideas of community and family and, and custom that make up what we call culture far more important than any, any physical disaster that can happen to a people because you've removed them from the essence of who they are. And in the words of, of, of Randall Robinson, that the worst thing that you can do to a people is to rob them of the memory of themselves. And so if you don't know who you are, you most certainly can't figure out where you're going which is what we're seeing. And in addition to that, uh, what we have folded into that.
0: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question. African-Americans were once bred like animals. What does that mean today? Our special guest is Brother Unc and Dr. Free. Dr. Free, I'll let you jump in on that cut, um, saying, Dr. Uh, Dr. Joy, the group saying pretty much what you said at the top of the hour, so I definitely want to hear your thoughts in hearing her break down the unfortunate effects of the breeding period and the enslavement period and what it has done to us today, and we're in a sense needing to find self as you mentioned. Go ahead, Queen.
2: Yeah, um, I came across the um, um, young brother. He was um, he was about thirteen, and and I was I was teaching about. African history, and in our discussion, you know, he dropped his head and his countenance fell, and he was like, was there ever a turn that we were on top?" And my heart sank when he said that because I could feel the pain in his voice, and it reminded me then in that moment and even now of a saying, until the lion tells the story, the hunter will always be the hero. And instead of relying on everybody else to tell our story, once we get that knowledge itself and understand, then we can tell our story. We can tell it from a place of a victor and not a victim because um, society would have it that we have made no significant contributions if they were telling a story, um, that we've made no valuable contributions to the way society has been shaped. But we have, and we still do to this day. But if we rely on somebody else, to do for us what we can and are well able to do yes. for ourselves we will always feel defeated we will always feel as if that there is white supremacy which that's a whole nother discussion in and within itself but when <laughs> when i was listening to that clip and before we went to the break i was reminded of a um, time of my life I met this brother, and we were hanging out, and I was in school at the time. You know, doctor is not just something I throw around. I, I earn mine. <laughs> but <laughs> at the time I was in school, and I was studying the effectiveness of African-centered education, and I was so excited about the history and what I was learning and how I was putting myself in a position to help young people. And he was like, nobody cares about that. Who cares about that? which shows, but see, he was successful in his mind at this dealership. He was top. He was, I think he was working for Toyota at the time. He was a top seller. He was making money. He had a, a beautiful home, and he had a child he was providing for and was able to give him just about everything he wanted. But in that moment, I saw that he was deceived by this illusion of success because when you don't know who you are, you can have all these things but still get to what you think is a pinnacle of success and be unfulfilled. That's why as an authenticity life coach, I'm helping people understand who are you and what is your role, what is your place. When you understand that and embrace that fully, it doesn't even matter if you have the big house or not. You're okay with who you are and where you are in life because we have been stripped, uh, as uh, Sister Joe was saying, we have been stripped of our culture does that mean that you have to live the way that was lived then no we're in a different time and we can make different choices but you can't ignore where we come from and be happy and be fulfilled Marcus Garvey said a people with knowledge of their past history origin and culture is like a tree without roots trees that are not firmly rooted in rich fertile soil do not grow do not bear fruit, and they cannot withstand the strong wind or bear heavy loads. When we know where we come from and we can embrace that with appreciation and understand how to apply that to our lives today, it changes the way we deal with our present circumstances and challenges that we face. Because oftentimes we go in into situations that work when, we're the, when we feel like the minority, and that's a whole other lie. We are the global majority, but we go into situations and we go looking for somebody to look just like us, so that we want to feel so all alone. But when you know who you are, I know for myself, it made my back get just a little bit more straight. <laughs> it made me walk with a greater sense of confidence and, and authority because I know who I am. And when you know who you are, can't nobody tell you anything else, or deceive you, or make you feel less safe.
0: Now, I love the thoughts, Queen. Um, let me get Brother Unk in here. And I will say, and I love when you said this, that we are absolutely capable of learning. And I will say in my own process, and it's part of the reason why me and Brother Unk are proud to say that we are proud African Americans, because when you actually go get that history, we are much more responsible for things in this country than you will necessarily learn in the school system. And like, you're, like you said, in your, and to your point, I don't, I didn't need the school system to get this information to be proud to walk in with, you know, with that with my back, you know, standing proud. It was getting that information and realizing, oh wow, we're responsible for a lot more things. As part part of the reason why Carter G. Wilson did a lot of work that he did. But me go ahead and jump uh, to Brother Uncle. I'm gonna say one piece of clarity uh, when you get, you know, in in the sense of. I'll say this just again, we just like to try to be as accurate as possible. When it comes to this thing, race is just kind of a minimum factor um, when it comes to human evolution. And at the end of the day, um, no group really is the global majority in a sense when it comes to race, when you actually look out worldwide, if you're going to use the limited factor of race. Again, I'm being very specific here. Don't want to harp on it too much, but I do like to add that clarity. But jumping this thing, man. Okay, you. so oh, wait, real quick, real quick. Let me let Brother Stewart know. I'll, I see him out there. I'll get him in as well. Go ahead, Brother. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, so the sister said we we was the majority. I, I think maybe it speaks to the fact that the majority of human beings uh, live in the temperate zones. So so people of color, period, generally speaking, are are more yeah, populous than other people because of the temperate zones, meaning where absolutely. human life actually... Uh, takes hold. You, it does not take hold in the in the northern regions. You know what I'm saying? For our yeah, history, humans right, did come to planet Earth. Right. Fully clothed, right? And that's a long <laughs> process. And actually biological human evolution, the variety of Charles Darwin is accurately the origin of African right. history. Right? But how many of us really right. want to dive in that? And you know, I always <laughs> get pushed back on that, but that is our history. Biological human evolution. Is the history of African people how they traversed around planet Earth, I mean planet Earth, and mutated in different environments, changing hair texture, hair color, all types of things. It's a beautiful process. I suggest people uh, do, 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 do your history, since you talked about how important it is to know yourself. Well, you cannot know yourself not unless you understand the tools to know yourself. So I'm gonna give you the tools to actually understand yourself. It's called anthropology. Within anthropology, right, you will have uh, evolution, you will have archaeology, you will have uh, biological archaeology, you'll have all these tools that will actually uh, mandate and dictate where you as homo sapiens sapiens, the great African ape, started at and where you ended up at. I think this is essential for us to get back on track. I think it's important how we develop culture, period, across the board, I think it's important for us to get scientifically literate, and not only scientifically literate, you have to be financially literate. We have to raise our awareness. We have to be intelligent. We have to be mindful of the rights of black women because they have been marginalized. You only raise as high as the women in your society. I think this is important. Most people don't even know that most of the inventions that came out of a culture was women, period, across the board. Uh, these things are essential to know. If you start to treat the women better, better, you'll start to treat yourself better. And as you start to treat yourself better, you will see the culture flourish and start to grow. That's my message for the day, Montoya. I got to get out of here, man. I actually appreciate this powerful show. I'll be liking it and sharing it to the community, brother.
0: All right. Thank you for your time, can you Anything Any way people can stay in contact with you before you go?
1: Well, I'm on the House of Consciousness. I have a morning show called The Morning Bash, where I uh, dissect all the misinformation that's going around uh, in America about African Americans and their history and their culture. You can also catch me at the Community of Skeptics and the Pseudo Killers. All you got to do is type it into your YouTube search engine, and you'll get uh, Brother Unk. Some people call me Bobby Banger. So I appreciate, you know what I mean, Uh, the time we had. It was a very productive, and healthy conversation as always, brother. Appreciate the sister, the doctor, and and I like the fact that she said, I got mine for real. We have a plague (laughs) of people calling themselves doctors (coughs) and not being doctors in this community, and that's the first thing I'd like to correct. Thank you, sis. My fault. I love it. We're up against the break. Uh, Brother Stewart,
0: I'll get you coming out of this break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think seekers, please understand, mental dialogue is much more than just a talk show. Each and every Saturday, we communicate with you for two reasons, to dialogue and connect. On the dialogue side, we cater to you intellectual outcasts who feel you have no place for honest discourse on race, sex, culture, and African-American business. On the connect side, we've created a community where you can connect with experts specifically in finance, whether personal or business, and mental health, whether it's trauma or to optimize performance, along with all the other skill sets from other MD community members. Our mission was to create a virtual nationwide neighborhood where African Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services through social media, meetups, and this podcast become a neighbor of the Mental Dialogue Community Club, please visit us at mentaldialogue.com. We are better with you than we are without you. We can be neighbors even though we don't live next to each other. Hashtag raise the culture. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge, and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community.
4: I think what, for people who want to quickly um, put it behind them, let's, let's get to that point. We don't need to look at that. And I've looked at that phenomenon. Or why don't you leave? They don't tell anyone else to do that. They don't tell Jews, just forget about that Holocaust. Don't speak about it anymore. It's just useless and it's ridiculous. Don't, you know, just why even... They'll do that. They don't, you certainly are going to tell Asian people to do that. Why do they tell us to do it? And I'll tell you my, uh, my assessment of why that is. Because when we pull back the covers on us, we pull back the covers on other folks. So we rewrite European history as well. We rewrite our perceptions of those uh, founding fathers and our perception of our inherent uh, uh, humanity, our willingness to embrace and our inclusivity as it were, somehow it throws a rock into that glass house and you begin to realize that things weren't as they were written in the text not just about you, that black person but about you that white person that's where the rubber meets the road and we're not getting ready to let Timmy and, 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 and Lil Sue find out what folks were really about and what they really did that's, that's where you're going to see the resistance And the pushback Because it's not about you seeing you It's about everyone seeing everyone
0: Welcome back to The Mental Dialogue Talk Show I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question. African-Americans were once bred like animals. What does that mean? If you want to support intelligent radio, please go to mentaldialogue.com and become a supporter and member. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly, 404-604-9477 or follow us on IG at mental underscore dialogue and DM me, if you will. Let's get to Brother Stewart, one of our intelligent and intellectual outcasts that tunes into the show um, quite often. All right, Brother Stewart, we got you back live on the air, King. What you got for us?
6: Yeah, I just wanted to kind of uh, uh, sharpen up what uh, Brother Ankh was talking about as far as uh, knowledge of self being a, uh, a misrepresentation or a, a misnomer in a sense. And, you know, that The term comes from the comedic know thyself, which means nothing but knowing more, knowing nothing but your, um, your behavioral traits and your personality. Today they call it emotional intelligence. Knowing thyself is knowing how you sense the world and thus how you respond to that world by having an understanding of who you are as a person, knowing your limits and capabilities. Everybody should strive for that, and the first way to do that and the first step that everybody should take, especially black people, to do that is take a personality test, one that you pay for. Find out you know, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert and, and, and how you process the world. That way you can give your best back to the world, which know thyself actually grounds at, where know thyself grounds at is giving your best back to the world. Number two, one fault that the conscious community has is, in this day and time, not holding black women accountable for their culpability with systematic white supremacy. You talk about, I mean, in this show, you're talking about uh, the carryovers from slave breeding. That's one. The position that white men put black women in over black men, as far as uh, community rulership, that's why you know that's why Brother Ank was sitting there saying something like it'd be divisive to hold black women accountable for their culpability with white supremacy, which it is not. You know, if I can understand that we as black men, or some of us as black men, feel responsible that we have not built Rakonda for black women, and of a, and have eased their burden that they suffer under, you know, due to systematic white supremacy. And I say to that many of black men have and many of black men have been disrespected by some women who uh, have a low boiling contempt for us. So my message to the conscious community is change that 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 behavior.
0: Yes, Stuart, let me jump in on that because I I will say I personally vehemently disagree with you because I've done a show talking about the environment that gave way to what you're talking about. And I think the responsibility starts with, um, if you go all the way, in a sense, from the very beginning of being brought to this land for, you know, again, didn't, in a sense, let me be clear. I'm trying to be as clear as I can be. All of us didn't come here necessarily enslaved, but when that became prominent and how the majority of us began to come here from that moment, it was, you know, obviously different tribal issues in a sense of, you know, one tribe would give away their enemy, if you will, and that's who would be sent here. True. But in True. that sense, here's where I'll say, here's the start of the environment. And I think it's, in my opinion, foolish to think that the accountability should lean towards a particular gender because in the very beginning, from the moment we were brought to this land, not on our own accord, at that moment, the men, our ancestors, most were harmed by the fact that they could not protect the women that they that were with them, which had been something they were able in a lot of cases able to do in their prior land. So in the event that all of these rewards have led to some of these things that you're calling accountability, it is played out both ways because you are correct in, for example, when you offer how we jumped into pimping, but it is not abnormal for an oppressed group to take on the waves of its oppression. That is a normal psychological thing, and that factor has happened both to the men and women. And to highlight one gender over the other, in my opinion, is absolutely incorrect because if there is, if you say black women finding favor with white men, our original ancestors gave way to that environment and deep down psychologically, we as black men have been chasing ourselves to put ourselves back in place. And some of the ways that we have done it has not been through our own cultural mindset. It has been through the ways of our oppressors, which makes that difficult to mend that relationship. The relationship needs to be fixed. I, I
1: understand.
0: Go ahead, brother.
6: Right, right. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. And one thing about the uh, uh, male aspect is pride. And the one thing we as black men got to do is uh not necessarily swallow our pride, but put our pride to the side and tell the truth. You know, true enough, it's not about holding women accountable in the sense of passing blame, but it is holding women accountable in the sense of some of the char- ill character traits that they picked up that works against the both of us. As a collective from the white so, supremacist system. Now so that that, then, now that has to be done. Now wait wait wait, yeah, okay, wait. here it is it, here it, is I'm not I'm not
0: disagreeing with you what? I just want to highlight this I just want to highlight this. So the dialogue, in my opinion, is that we both take the responsibility within our gender and have those conversations with us. When, right. Meaning meaning, meaning right. you exactly. and I as men we hold each other accountable right and and and
1: that and right.
0: that's actually more receivable. And we have women in the culture that are also challenging within them. Because it's not that you're wrong; it's that these things need to be done. I just know if, 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 if um, as a teacher, if I have a class that I want to reach, I have to come up with the best way to reach them. And one of the ways we will not reach them, in my opinion, is to keep having the dialogue about what the other gender should be do- doing. It ain't even about whether, well. Let me say this: I'm gonna let you jump in. I'm let but you that's jump in. the problem. I'm, 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 I'm let me I'm, I'm let you hear this. It's not that you're necessarily that your information is incorrect, but if we're not aware of that it's not going to be received that way, then the onus becomes on us as the purveyor of the information, what's the best way for it to be received. And I'm just highlighting that the gender war gets challenged when we keep pointing the finger, knowing that there's responsibility that we need to take and you, are, you acknowledge that and there are sisters who understand it as well, and more of us doing that will get there versus in my opinion us keep saying what the other gender needs to do. I think it's just a bad approach to the information you're saying may be correct. I think it's a bad approach to delivering the message. That's what I'm challenging you on. The one, I wanna hear me. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, I wanna hear Dr. Freestalk to this. The one, one thing
6: the the thing about the, the thing about what you just said is this. If we are going to correct our condition as a people, we have to take our feelings out of it and let the truth reign.
0: Nothing truth. about what Absolute I'm talking about is the truth. Do, let me cut you off, brother, because I've only got a few yes, minutes.
5: I want to hear Dr. I want to get you, a woman's thought. But, but hey, you you say, I,
0: brother, i got to cut you off because you and I are going back and
2: forth. I,
0: I want to get the woman's perspective to what she just heard. Um, your thoughts, Dr. Free. we only got a few minutes. Go ahead, Queen. All
2: right. Um, I want to say that I think we have a personal responsibility to check ourselves. And as we do that, that's mentioning what I said earlier, once we do that, because I um, tend to agree with you um, that it—it it, you want to be received, right? Y'all need to get it together or y'all need to be – then that puts people on the defense a lot of times, right? But if it's, well, what can I do and how can I hold myself accountable, then when I hold myself accountable, it it just automatically – begins to influence the interactions that I have with others in a more positive way, right, because I'm realizing, hey, well, what am I doing, or how am I engaging the culture different, or how am I engaging in the relationships that I have with other people, because we all have responsibility with that we have to consider. And one of the things I wanted to mention earlier, um, I'm not sure what – how I, it was going so fast I couldn't really digest it, but – I wanna make sure that I mention what I meant about global majority. I was talking about those who are of melanin. Not, that no, not no, yeah, and that's
0: what and that's and that's what Brother Aunt backed you up actually. So so he clarified Okay. I could, could yeah, yeah, yeah no. So he, far, he backed I you up on like it. And it, yeah, he was definitely correct when yeah, when you just say yeah, because he said when he started talking about the regions that yeah, the majority of people are gonna have colour. So in that sense, absolutely. Now yeah, okay. that's a good good clarity. No, no, that mad no, that was fair, no, that was fair. No, that was fair. That was fair. You know, we just try to be accurate and not saying that we always have the right information. So that's why we love to have the dialogue that we're having now to try to, you know, just say, hey, here's the best information we think we know. So I yeah. love, you know, love and if the I would, if I could visit.
2: say this really quickly, yeah, please, I think it's yeah, important. please ahead, Queen, please quickly. I think it's important for us to understand there have been great historical uh, documentation that's done. We we applaud people like Asa Hilliard and John Henry Clark and and that kind of thing. But and as we go forward though. But And they did a great job uh, taking nothing away from them. But as we move forward and we try to figure out how to navigate our way, we need to continue to look at them and their work and psychologists and sociologists that understand where we come from and, and, and align ourselves with their work. Because in that way, uh, people like uh, Dr. Joy and we can get to a greater place. Because when we look, even as I have a master's in counseling and a doctorate in educational leadership, so I understand you know, there's a, to align ourselves with the work, not the personality. No, absolutely.
0: No, absolutely. You got 30 seconds, Queen. Let them know how they can stay in contact with you. You have been wonderful today. Thank you so much for holding me down on today's show. Let people know how they can find you and find your books.
2: All right. If um, you go to TikTok, I'll be at Dr. Free, D-R-F-R-E-E, 777. On IG, I'm Doc376. If you enter all things spiritual, I am a metaphysical and spiritual teacher. You can check me out on YouTube at Authentic Thought uh, with Dr. Free. My books, um, you can get those at com or on um, Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I have a um, set of children's books that teach them how to be authentic, that teach them how to love, self, and honor and respect others.
0: Uh, thank you very much, Queen. We'll see you all next week. I'm going to send this out with a little cut from Tupac to end the show. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you can. All right. Day?
2: Thank you, brother. Something to
0: my God, Sonny Liza and a little girl named Corrine. Say the black of the belly, the sweet of the juice. I say the talk of the flesh, and in the deep of the roots. I give my eyes and my sister's own welfare. If I can, if nobody else cares. Nah, I know they like to beat you down a lot and When you come around the block, brothers clown a lot So sweet, don't cry dry, your eyes never let up Forgive, but don't forget, girl, keep your hands And when it tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe And if you can't learn to love you should leave Because huh? sister, you don't mean. And I ain't trying to gash up, I just call them how I see. You know what makes me unhappy When brothers make names And leave a young mother to be a unhappy and since we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman, and I came from a
1: woman, I wonder why we take from our women, why we rape our women, do we hate our women? I think it's time to kill for our women, time to heal our women, be real to our women. And if we don't, we'll have a race of babies that will hate the lady, that make the baby. and since a man can't make one, he has no right to tell a woman when it. To create one So will the real men get up I know you fed up, lady But so keep your
5: head up Ooh, child Things are
6: Yeah.